Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hello, hello. Is this thing on? Oh, yeah, it's on. Hey, guys. How are you? This is Jamie Rodriguez, host of the J-Rod Concerts Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. A very special episode, guys. One for the books. One that I recommend you sit down and you listen to every word from our guest because there is so much here. Our guest, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the world's most esteemed music photographers, Jeff Fasano. Jeff has created iconic images of thousands of artists. His work has been published in countless magazines, books, exhibitions, ad campaigns, and on the covers of many, many albums of legendary musicians that you know and love. Jeff's life's purpose, ladies and gentlemen, his life purpose, listen to this, to champion the greatness of others and to help people know who they are so they can love, honor, and value themselves. I'm going to repeat that. The life purpose of Jeff is to champion the greatness of others and to help people know who they are so they can love, honor, and value themselves. Not surprisingly, this, this purpose has, and, and his technical abilities has created raving fans. Obviously, because not only is he super talented with his proficiency, but also his humanity. Jeff, who now lives in Nashville, also has a great life story. He found his passion in his mid-30s and left a job that no longer resonated with him and found his passion. He was doing it as he was living a 9-to-5 that no longer fulfilled him. His journey is an inspiration to everyone, regardless of your industry or career. In addition, Jeff is also a speaker and workshop leader and co-founder of the Angel News Network and is a renowned author as well of books such as Journey of the Awakened Heart. I strongly recommend you guys check it out. It's been a real true joy and a treat to speak with Jeff. What an outstanding soul and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. His work and humanity has won him the admiration of so many rock stars and publications. You name them. I mean publications you can talk about the New York Times, the New York Daily News, um, Gibson, Taylor Guitar, you know, Austin City Limits in, in, in Texas, celebrities, you name them. Uh, I mean John Oates, who's one of our favorite guests very close with him that's how we connected james earl jones quincy jones you name it the list goes on and on and on the point being that um that he's admired and respected everywhere he goes so ladies and gentlemen if you want to check out his portfolio if you want to buy one of his legendary prints or just check him out jefffasano.com and without further ado guys this is jeff fasano on the j-rod concerts podcast Good. Okay, so you're good. Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? How's your week going, Jeff? Um, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? It's good. It's going as well. So let me let me like introduce you first to my audience, Jeff, because um, you're one of the most um, accomplished, talented, and amazing music photographers there are. Oh, thank you. Point, point blank. Point blank. I mean, uh, later on, we're going to talk about your photography. I want to show you some of your photos and, and, and tell me what you were watching and... 
but uh, but let me just say that you captured the essence of an artist. Like I really have not seen anybody anybody do it. Yeah. Oh, Jeff. thank you. Thank yeah, you it, it, it's unbelievable what you do. You don't. It's you really pull what they are out of them into a photos. What a gift, Jeff. So it's a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. However, I, I have to say that um, you know, doing research and getting to know you a little bit, um, you're so much more than a photographer, Jeff. Ah. So, so, so much more. Uh, it's been fascinating to just, you know, learn more about you and, and, and know who you are and, and all that good stuff. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That is to talk about. And by the way, a big shout out to John Oates because um, he was a guest on our show, really one of the best guests we've had. And, and that's how we kind of connected because you posted something about him and, and uh, it just seems like he, he would bring someone like you to, to, to our show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So, so um, yeah, let's start with your life purpose, Jeff, because uh, uh -huh. your life purpose is, 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 is wonderful. It's simple, but at the same time, it's, it's beautiful, right? It's to champion the greatness of others, right? Um, and you say you help people to know who they are so they can love, honor, and value themselves. Uh, that's a beautiful thing, Jeff. Uh, where, where does this come from? Like, when, when did you start having this as your purpose? Oh, geez. Um, a while back, my friend Craig Marshall, when I was living in Los Angeles, we were hanging out, we did a little thing together. And he said uh, to me, what, what do you think, what's your, what's your life purpose? And now I can break it down into what is my purpose as a photographer. Yeah. And then when I'm working with people uh, on a um, uh, different level, it could be, there's a purpose. And what I always came to as an artist is I thought about when another artist tells me that for example, the musician says, wow, I just booked this great gig at the Ryman. I'm going to be at the Ryman. I get so excited by that. And I'll say, wow, um, how can I help you do that? What, you know, what can we do together? And then I thought about it and I went, wow, it's, it's really the, to, to champion the greatness of others, for others to see their greatness in them, mm. uh, the power in them of the uniqueness in them, themselves. Yeah. Um, because I had to do all that myself. Sure. I, had to, I had to find all of that myself over the years, you know. Um, so that's kind of how I came about it. I look at where I get excited, and that's a good way for people to see where do you get excited. And I used to get excited when an artist would tell me um, something really wonderful. Like I'm, I'm going on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I'm gonna be playing in their band. And then you get excited for that. Then you're seeing their greatness um, in, in that place. Same thing with doing photo shoots. Yeah. You know, trying to visualize together their greatness. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, Jeff. And tell us a little bit about, uh, about um, something you vaguely, you vaguely touched on. And it's basically you, you had a different career. Uh, you mm -hmm. had a different journey going on. And then basically around the time you turned 40, you had this, this big uh, pivot, right? Well, actually, it, it goes back to 
when I was 33. Okay. And I was dating a woman who said to me, uh, you hate your job, you hate your life. The only time you're ever happy is when you're with me. Mm-hmm. And I heard those words and I was, I was 33. I wasn't, I was doing photography. I was photographing her. Um, I went back to Parsons and studied with a guy by the name of Mario Cabrera for two years as a yeah. photojournalist. But it, was, it wasn't until um, 1994, about three months after we broke up, that I was on the one train leaving the World Trade Center uh, to go home. And I closed my eyes and I heard that voice. I heard her voice say, you hate your job, you hate your life. The only time you're ever happy is when you're with me. And my eyes opened up and I literally said to myself, it's time to grow up. So I went home and I took out a legal pad and wrote at the top of the legal pad, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I listed all of these things that I could do in, in the corporate world, whatever, I was in the steamship, I was in the import-export world, become a, I knew so much of that, you know, eventually stay on, eventually maybe become vice president of the company, who knows, but I made this long list. Photography was in there. Kept the list, kept the attitude, kept looking at it. Um, later on that evening, I looked at the list. And, uh, <laughs> Action. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, and later that night, I just, that, photography just came off the page. Wow. Yeah. And like literally, and I felt it in my heart and I felt it in my soul. And right then and I, right then and there, I knew that, um, that was it. What was the moment of pain, Jeff, in that? Because, um, I know like, um, you know, there's people like Tony Robbins that they say that like you reach a point of extru- where the pain, where the pain of not changing, would be worse than the pain of changing, basically. Like, it's like you have to. So I'm, I'm curious, what was your breaking mo- point, your moment? Exactly what she said to me. You yeah. hate your job. You hate your life. The only time you're happy is when you're with me. I was at that job nine to five every day. Actually, I was leaving my apartment in New York City at like eight, 7.30, not getting home until 6.30 7. That's a huge chunk and i was miserable sure i sure. was i was miserable between nine and five five days a week yeah it was only on the weekends when i was with her that i let all of that go and i was yeah. enjoying myself and really what i really realized and i and i know who tony robbins is but from what i've studied yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was not in alignment with my soul plan. Mm. I, my, well, even let's back out of that. I was just not in alignment with my purpose or what I should be doing. So those feelings that I was having of being miserable going to doing that and living that life yeah. was telling me that I don't know how, why it's time to grow up came in, but it told me it's time to, it's time to move. Yeah. It's time to move. It's time to do something. It's time to do this. She was an angel that planted that seed. And so 
what I did the following day is that I immersed myself in to photography. Yeah. I have totally immersed myself into um, every waking hour other than the nine to five. I was, had my camera, uh, I built a dark room, I yeah. bought lights. It was, I ate, slept, slept and drank photography nice. outside of the nine to five job. And even at lunchtime, yeah. I had my camera with me and I would go out and shoot for an hour at lunchtime. Amazing. You took massive action. And, and, and I just do it. Mario Cabrera once told me, if you, if you want to do this for a living, this is what it's going to take. And, and he, he told me that, but that, that was it, you know? And, and um, my father, I wanted to quit my job right then and there. Mm -hmm. My father said, you're not ready. It pissed me off. It bothered me a little bit that he said it, but there was some truth to that. And he was right. Yeah. So what I did from that moment, and I didn't know when I was going to quit that job, but right. I knew I was going to quit that job. Right. But I didn't know when, is that I just made a plan. I mapped out a plan of what I needed to do, what I wanted to do, what was important, down to financially and everything. I made this plan of what I needed to do to eventually leave that job and leave that life. Epic. And I, and I, and I did that and I created a portfolio. Um, I used to have photo parties on the weekends where I'd invite people over and I would shoot and we'd hang out till three, four, five in the morning. And then there were other weekends where I would, I, I built a dark room in my kitchen in my apartment in New York city where I just printed, you know, starting at, at, five o'clock at night in the winter till three in the morning. Yeah. And actually, if you look in my house right here, some of those photos back there is, yeah. were printed in that dark room. So I made this plan. And, um, and in that plan, I started getting work. Yeah. I started getting work, uh, little things here and there, the New York Observer, I found me and I started getting work. And, then um, one of the people at work said to me, what do you want to do with this photography stuff? I said, I love music. I want to shoot music. She introduced me to her friend at RCA Records, who was the <laughs> VP of classical. And I, said, and, and I said, can I bring my portfolio? And that was like two years into it. So I had a portfolio. Right. And dropped it off two weeks later. They called me and they hired me to shoot James Galway hmm. in Chicago. Nice. And I took all of that money and I set up a, a specific bank account for any money that I made outside of my salary. That bank account was just going to grow and grow and grow. And that was the money I was going to use to live on when I quit, quit my job. Nice. So it was, it was that, that was the, that was the process. But it's so important to, and I talk to people all the time, um, look at your life. Look at what you're doing. How does it make you feel? Yeah. How does it make you feel? When, when you get up to go to work in the morning, 
Um, how does it, what do you feel? Um, and that's, that's really important. That's what probably Tony Robbins talks about. Um, it's like, if I stay here and I go here, how's it going to make me feel more? So if you stay here, you're going to be angry and sad and all that good right. stuff. If you move into the unknown, you might, it might be frightening. Yeah. But it's, I'm telling you, Jamie, when you make the choice to step into your purpose and what you're here to do, so many doors open up that you would never believe would open up. <laughs> Amazing, Jeff. Amazing. I can't tell you how many, I mean, probably so many people watching this are going to get inspired, but I'm inspired. This strikes a chord with me. Just uh -huh. forget everyone else. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Because, because that is awesome. And, and that's the kind of thing that Jeff Fasano, ladies and gentlemen, does on his social media channels regularly. Regularly, you do some great talks. You do some great talks with some great guests. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about photography, right? So you don't think I reeled you in for your life advice and life story. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Jeff. Okay, so obviously, um, when did you start falling in love with music? Because you said you love music and, and you always loved music. You had a passion. Is this something that you had growing up? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. What and, were the records uh, that shaped you? The Who. The Who. Nice. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. I, I, I tell the story. I remember uh, I was with my friend Danny Black. We, I'm from Staten Island. Yeah. And after school one day, uh, we were all athletes. I played football, baseball, hockey in high school. Danny played football. And after practice, whatever, we'd go, went over to his house one day, and his brother, his older brother Tommy, walks in with this record that's brand new. And he, and he opens it up, opens the packaging, and he puts it on. And I was listening to it going, what, who, what is this? Who is this? And it was um, uh, the, the, the album with Bob O'Reilly on it. Um, yeah, uh, that's, um, yeah, I know the one you're talking about, right? Oh, my God. Who's next? Who, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't, right, 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 okay. Right. And, he, and he put on Who's Next, and, and I just... I, I just went, yeah. it, it turned on so many light bulbs for me and, uh, yeah. and they're still, and to me, Quadrophenia is still the greatest record of oh. all time. Oh yeah. Um, sorry, John Oates, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. that's, that was, that was, that was it. And yes, the band, yes. Yes. The band, yes. Right. And, and that was the first. First concert I ever saw. Yeah, not bad. Not 19, bad. 1974. Oh, that, that's a great combo right there. But yeah, the Who, the who does that too. Even, even recently, uh, just before the pandemic, last year in September, I saw them, uh, you know, it was like my third or fourth time seeing them and they still got it. They still, you know, they're not as mobile, but the voices are still there and the, uh, the epic sound that just takes over the arena, it's there. So absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, I saw them. I saw them in 1974 at Madison Square Garden, the Quadrophenia tour with the, you know, with Keith, the original band. Yeah. Oh. Smashing their, their equipment. It was epic. Yeah. Oh, oh my it was, god. It was Jeff. amazing. So that's, that's that's the band that did it. And then, um, you know, uh, I love music. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a musician. Yeah. Um, I love musicians. Yeah. More so, I love artists. 
I'm an yeah. artist. I love the artistic process um, of any artist, you know, whether it be an interior designer, a cook, and uh, an author. Um, I had the good fortune of shooting for Gotham Magazine in New York City, and they sent me out to photograph all those types of people. Yeah. Chefs. And I would always ask them, so what's your process? And it was, and, and they're artists and what, you know, a cook, a chef showing me how to, you know, make this dish and, yeah. uh, and uh, an interior designer, how, what they feel when they design a room, the writing process of an author. Yeah. Um, I love, I love artists. I love, I love the way we think. Yeah. And yeah. watching John Oates write a song. Mm. Unbelievable. Is, and, and how he arranges a song is, I got to see with my own eyes and it's, it's, it's masterful. That's why he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely. That's why. Oh, that's great. That's, I love your stories, man. It's like, it's like the music passion. Just it's great. A plus. And Jeff, how has technology changed the photography industry? Right. Because you've seen the whole thing uh, now with these iPhones, with these crazy cameras. What's your take on all this on the new? Has it changed it or what, how or it hasn't? Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a real interesting question. Um, I'm I'm an I'm an old school guy. Yeah. Um, I go, like I mentioned Mario Cabrera earlier, who was my mentor. I studied with him two years at the new school in New York City. And um, the photographers he turned me on to were photographers like Eugene Smith, Dorothea Lang, Walker Evans, the masters. They're all the masters. Hmm. And when I looked at their work and then you look at Eugene Smith's work, he printed everything. He was a master, master printer. I have actually a photographer friend here in Nashville who, who studied with him a little bit. Yeah. Um, when I go back to that, for me, I still look at those prints and I say, I still, that's what I still need to get. Yeah. What the, what the difference for me is now is just a new way of doing it. You're not, you know, shooting with film. Um, you're not going into a dark room, but the process for me is still the same. Pick up your digital camera. I still see what I see as if I was seeing the final print. Um, I still look at it that way. For many photographers, uh, actually, and, and photographers who, who I know, young and old, mm -hmm. if you're a core photographer, you're still in coming from those basic principles of seeing light. And then just, to me, the tools have changed. This computer here is my darkroom. And that's how I look at it. Um, I always go back to um, it doesn't matter what camera you're using because it's, it's, it's you. That's just a tool. Mm -hmm. You don't, it doesn't matter the camera you're using. Henry Diltz still uses his 5D Mark II. Mm. All right. And you know who Henry Diltz is. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter uh, the equipment that you're using. 
but what Photoshop and Lightroom has done is added new ways of creating in my world, in my opinion, computer art. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a reason why I brought up Eugene Smith, Dorothea Lange and Walker Evans. Right. Okay. Dorothea Lange's show was here a year ago. She photo photographed the migrant workers in, in California and many other amazing projects. Amazing. Mm -hmm. That's photography. Photography for me, when you look at an image and you look at the person and you look into their eyes, how does it make you feel? That image has got to bring about an emotion in you from that photographer capturing that, that moment. So if you go and look at Eugene Smith's work, Walker Evans's work, Dorothea Lange's work, you could look at one print and sit there and you'll be riveted at everything that it's bringing up in you. Wow. To me, that's what it's about. That's what musicians are writing about. That's what their lyrics are about. That's what a song is about. Yeah. About how it makes you feel. What is that image saying to you? Then in turn, after you see a photographer's array of images, you'll find out what that photographer is feeling and saying with their work. Yeah. So I don't know if that might be a roundabout way to answer your question. It's perfect. But that's where I still live. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, if it's I'm tough. not feeling it, then to me, if I'm not, if I see something and I'm not feeling it next. Yeah. If it doesn't hit me here next. Sure. Wow. Well, Jeff, I'm sure you have many examples of this, but have you, what examples come to mind of subjects that you, you've captured on camera and you've captured something through the lens that you have not, that you had not previously seen with your eyes, basically? Oh, wow. Um, I want to take a step backward. Okay. One of the things that Mario Cabrera taught me as my teacher and mentor is that in the moment you take your camera, put it up to your eye. Yeah. You know what the final print's gonna look like before you click the shutter. Interesting. That's okay. the training that I had with him. That when you pick that camera up, you're not thinking about um, Photoshop and this, that, and the other thing. It, um, you, you're picking up that camera and you're looking and you're seeing the light and you know exactly what that final print's gonna look like and then you go click. Mm. You see it, you, you feel it, you see it, you feel it uh, within you. Sometimes there are, there are surprises, but when I'm shooting and I feel that moment and you know it and I just know it and then it goes click. It's like that moment you feel like it's not even, you're not even seeing it. You're feeling it and feeling the energy of who you're working with. Um, you know, you've got it. I mean, you know, you walk away and, and, and you've got it. And, um, and then when I go back to look at the shoot, I'll remember those shots. Of course. But then there's occasionally a time 
where, um, for example, I, I photographed uh, back in February, Mac McAnally. Okay. He's a great songwriter and he just put out a new record and they hired me to shoot the new record and, and, um, and stuff like that and PR. And um, it was great. And yeah. it was a great shoot and the lighting was fantastic. But to answer your question, as I was going through, I saw a photo that I didn't remember taking. <laughs> I wound up to be one of my favorites in, in that group. Yeah. It, I went, whoa, I don't remember, you know, and that happens. That's amazing. And that was just back in February. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, Jeff. Where do you keep all your, all your photos? In computers? Like, like where, where's all your, all your database? Well, I've got many boxes of prints yeah. and negatives in my closets. Love it. And then I've got everything on hard drives. Perfect. Backed Jeff, up, backed up, we, and backed up. Do you mind if we, if we see a few, just a handful of photos that I, um, like I'll show, I'll show my screen with you. Yeah, and sure. Like maybe, maybe you tell us like what you, were, uh, what you saw. Cool, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, no, this, this has been so, so insightful, Jeff. Let's see. Let's see, because I, I made a little folder for you. Let's see. Let's see if I find it. Every, every, photographer has, a, every photographer has a story about every image they've ever taken. Perfect, perfect. Okay, let me see. Okay. Where is it? Here it is. All right. Let's start. <laughs> there's so many. There's so, there's so many. There's so many. It was impossible to pick, by the way. Okay, it was like a kid in a candy store. Oh my god! Let's just go my with god, that. Oh my god! My god! But uh, when you see this photo, beautiful photo. Of, uh, why don't you tell us uh, what was going on right there? Okay, so um, I do a backstage portrait project at City Winery here in Nashville, and uh, we started four years ago. Um, and it's been amazing. I, I go backstage a couple of times a week, do portraits of the artists. And um, it's also been lucrative. Many of the artists have used, used them for record covers and PR. Uh, but this was the first one. Yeah. This was the very, very first uh, night. And oh. Ian Hunter just happened to be playing at City Winery. <laughs> and... Um, I'm a, one of my all-time favorite bands is Mata Hoople. Yeah, amazing. And uh, I wish I got to see them, but I never did. Mm -hmm. I've been a huge Ian Hunter fan. Nice. Uh, my friend Jim Mastro is a guitar player in his band. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to go that night because I've seen Ian countless times. And I was so excited to go see him and meet him for the first time. And, and right. Mastro was a great liaison there. Lucinda is also a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. and your um, record by the way shout out to her new record yeah and uh we met we met when i lived in los angeles mm -hmm. i didn't know she was was going to be there and and um after the show um everybody came back we, we annie and i shot before the show everybody came back i came backstage was hanging out and i asked ian you mind if i just you know be a fly on the wall and take photographs i don't care mate uh and I was doing that and uh, they were just standing together. Wow. And they were talking and uh, I think somebody over here
grabbed their attention and I went click. And uh, Lucinda was always saying, uh, Jeff, you're trying to be like Jim Marshall. <laughs> and Jim Marshall was actually a friend of mine. Um, but the cool part of that night is Tom Peterson from Cheap Trick was back there as well. Oh, very nice. Wonderful yeah. event. Yeah, it's a beautiful photo. I love uh, Lucinda's eyes in there. Okay. On to the next one. Okay. Let's go to the, to the man, the myth, the legend. Ah. <laughs> I think you captured so, so much detail here. I love it. Um, that's at John's house. Hmm. Um, the, that was for a guitar aficionado magazine that's, that sadly is no longer in print. And they were doing an article uh, with John and uh, about him, but also his love for cars. Yeah. So it was a combination. And they just hired me, you know. I met John in, um, in Memphis, Tennessee at Diddy TV. Give Diddy TV a shout out um, right before Christmas and took some photos. And then when they had to do the shoot, uh, they called me and said, you know, hey, Jeff, would you come in and do this? And we were at his house. And um, I was on the phone with him the other day and I said, there's another great photo of him that I love that I shot at City Winery. And there are so many images of John, like holding his guitar, looking at you and stuff like that. And I'm a fan of John's on so many levels, especially um, the, the album Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Think is a, I think is a masterpiece, beautiful, amazing record. And I was in the studio when they were recording it. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to photograph John playing his guitar. Mm. I always just, I didn't want John to look at me. I didn't want to do, I just said, John, because I think John's a really good guitar player. Yeah, absolutely. And I just said, John, just play. Play, just play. And he goes, okay, man. And he was, and that's, that's what I wanted to capture in, in, in this image. Oh my God. And it's, and it's only lit with a little 500 watt light coming from, uh, you see that you see, you see it on his face from his Yeah. yeah and uh, yeah, you're right. And maybe here on the, on the couch, that's wonderful. Okay. Love it. Oh my God. The narration you're giving me, I, I encourage the audio audience to check this particular episode out in video because this is a priceless one. Okay. This one is also super cool. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, um, so when I lived in LA, uh, gonna drop another name. Um, I'm sure everybody knows Michael DeBar. Michael's a very good friend of mine. And Michael used to have a show on um, a station called T Radio V in LA. I'm uh -huh. sure they're still around. Michael had a show. Um, which was, they had a television station and it was also on their, you know, radio station as well. And um, I said, hey, Michael, why don't I come down and, you know, shoot you with your guests and shoot portraits of the guests. And he goes, yeah, cool, come on down. So uh, we've, we had some amazing people on that show. Yeah. 
we, we had Gene Simmons and um, Priscilla Presley, it, you know, it goes on. It wasn't just musicians, it was actors and, and some politicians were on the show as well. Right. So Moby came in and we were, he and I were talking. And Moby looks at me and says, um, you know, I'm, I'm a photographer. And I went, oh, really? Really? I didn't know that. He said, uh, um, yeah. He said, do you use Lightroom? And I'm saying, yeah, a little bit here and there. And then we just started talking about photography. And he goes, hey, I'm going to be doing a show in LA. I just moved here from New York. And I go, me too. I just moved here from New York. Um, he, was, he was amazing. We took some shots. In T Radio V, they have a ping pong table. <laughs> so um, I was just standing there. And then he picks up a racket, Michael pick up a racket and they start playing. So I start shooting and then he's just sitting there, standing there doing this. Yeah. And he's doing it. He's looking, he's looking, he's looking and he looks at me and he stopped and I go, no, no, keep doing, but do it and look at me. And that's how I got that. <laughs> oh my God. That's I, how, yeah. It's like, it's, that's how you would imagine movie to be kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's perfect. Right, okay. it's really, really interesting and very cool guy. Yeah. Let's do a couple more, Jeff, because like I said, if people want to check out your portfolio, I mean, you can be there for hours. Okay. But uh, this is just, a, this is just a little tease, teaser sample. Ah. I love this one too. <laughs> ah. Miss uh, John Osborne. It's my second, my second shoot with my, my good friend, Joan. Um, we, uh, that's her car, by the way. And I drove that baby. <laughs> I, I, um, so, so if you know, Joan did a record, uh, sing, Joan Osborne sings Bob Dylan. Yep, yep. That came out a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, they call me one day and they say, um, I had done a shoot previous with Joan PR and stuff for an inside of her last record. And then they said, Joan is doing a record of Bob Dylan. Uh, we want you to shoot it. And I was like, all right, cool. And what we're going to do is, do you remember the famous Elliot Landy shot of Bob Dylan in Woodstock? Oh, my God. No, I don't remember it. Okay, so he shot it with infrared film. And Dylan has got his guitars sitting on the hood of an old, leaning on the hood of an old white car. Okay. And the trees in the background, because it was infrared film, were all red. But he mm -hmm. was in black and white. When you shoot with infrared film, the contrast is amazing. Yeah. And, um, but that's what you get. And you got to process it in total darkness. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But he did that. But then he also shot Dylan all around Woodstock, as he did the band and many other great artists. Sure. Wow. And Joan says, do you know those photographs? I said, yeah. She goes, well, that's what we want to do. And we're going to, you know, loosely replicate what he did with Dylan in Woodstock. Now, Joan uh, doesn't live far from Woodstock. Mm -hmm. So uh, I said to Joan, so where are you getting the car? And she goes, I, I have a car. And that's the car. Nice. And it was in her garage. So um, I drove it to this spot. It died. 
literally it died. Um, I don't know how the heck I, you know, he drove it out and, and there it is. And it's, it's amazing. It's got, it's just, I, I, I don't even know what year that car is. It's in the fifties or something like that. Beautiful. What car is um, it? So we did the, we did the shots of her sitting on the front of the car and, uh, then we did shots of her sitting on the back of the car. Then we did this and that. And I said, uh, Joan, hop, hop in the car. And I opened the door. And I just said, just, you know, sit in the, sit in the seat and put your feet up. And uh, she goes, okay. And then we like, okay, I'm not sure what we're going to use these for, but this is pretty, pretty cool. So we, we did this. But the funny part about it was, the the road is really narrow the car took up the entire road and i am squeezed into the side all of this this um uh, like if you look on the other side of the car you see all the trees it was in october yeah it's all this dirt and gravel and i'm in in there and and there are other shots from this sequence where she's laughing because i'm contorting my body trying to get that and we had to get her to stop laughing because she was laughing at me <laughs> and then she we we took them this wound up being in the vinyl edition of this when you open up the vinyl yeah there's this photograph and, and that goes to show you like oh what what do we, what you, you never know in a photo shoot what is going to work for what or what the artist and her team is going to choose but here's here's the the interesting part of this photo yeah See, you see the bottom of her shoes? Yes. That purple? Yeah. That's purple tape. Oh, okay. Because the stylist had to bring the shoes back. Oh. <laughs> look at that. Inside info. I love it. All right. So that purple tape, I mean, you look how you see how dirty it is because yeah. we were, it's, a, it's a gravelly dirt road. Um, so in order for her to bring the shoes back, she had to pull that tape off. Yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, that's tape, a hundred percent. Every time I think of think of that, I look and I see the purple tape. Oh my god, <laughs> I love but, it. Just, I can't unsee the tape now. Perfect. Great photo. Hey, the colors. The best part of that shoot was driving that car. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Are you a car guy, like like, like John, or, or not really? No, I'm not a big car guy. But when I saw that, I said, Joan, I'm driving it. Yeah. So she goes here, threw me the keys, and she goes, "You're driving." It's like, all right, Great. I had to back that thing out of her garage and pull it down that street. Oh, I love it, Jeff. Great story. All right, one more for you. Thank you so much. This is so fun, by the way. Cool. Ah, this is great. This is great because I've seen these tricks a few times and you just captured what they are in every way. Wow, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so this was, this was taken at... Um, the Austin City Limits Music Festival. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of moons ago. Uh, I, um, another shout out for Paste Magazine. Mm. Paste Magazine put me on the map in, in the music world. Nice. Um, when I, they, I met them at South by Southwest and then they called me to shoot Wilco mm -hmm. for the cover and, and the inside and all that good stuff. Yeah. And then I did a couple of more things with them. And then um, I used to travel to South by Southwest with them every year and then go to ACL 
and I set up that is a black background behind them on in the tent I put up a big black background and we would photograph um, all the artists okay as many artists as as they could get you know yeah they were paced they were very influential mm -hmm. and I didn't even know who Tegan and Sarah were mm. but they were so cool and uh, and they came by and I think she's holding her keys. Oh yeah. In, in that. <laughs> uh, and um, so we were just shooting in all these different ways and she just put her arms over her sister mm -hmm. and I just went, whoa. I went click, click, click. You always take things and be click, click, click. Yeah. And that happened to be, um, it's a little cropped. I cropped a little bit, mm -hmm. but that was the, they were sweethearts. I did not know. Here's the cool part. Yeah. So I photographed them and they were sweeties. They were great. They were gracious. They hung out. Um, Pace Magazine's tents used to be the focal point of backstage at, um, at ACL for those bunch of years. Yeah. Um, and then they said, come and see us. And I go, where are you playing? And they were playing one of the bigger stages. Mm -hmm. And I went, all right, I'll come. So I went, went down. I did, I could not believe how huge they were. Yeah. And, and, and then I saw them later. I'm going, oh, wow, you guys are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they played on one of the, one of the main stages, one of the three main stages. And it was packed and they were rocking and rolling and, and and that was one of the that's so cool because it was a that's the fun part of doing this is of the surprises yeah that happened yeah. like I, I i had heard of them i didn't know who they were uh they were you know paste magazine wrote about them mm -hmm. and paste magazine said hey we'd like to bring tegan and sarah over and i said sure and they were sweet and the, you know the reason why i went to see them tell me is because they were so nice. Oh, I mean, you can just see it in their eyes. Just, yeah. you know, that's, a, it's beautiful. Wow. I remember them going, will, will you come and see us? <laughs> yeah. Will you come and see us? And I was like, I thought they were playing, you know, a smaller stage. Boom. Boom. And they I were, they rocked it. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. Right. Well, oh, well, that's, that's the end of this, uh, this session jeff thank you so much for for, for um for doing this part that was that was awesome ah you're welcome you're welcome yeah 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 well i mean jeff you've been so generous with your time uh you know I, <laughs> this is what i said some of these interviews when when they're with magical people time just flies jeff but um ah, cool cool i think i think it's a good time to leave it here and uh just you know just thank you oh jamie it's, it's been a pleasure you've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.